Yippee! I got to speak to Jules Oliver. She is someone I've wanted to talk to for, well, since the beginning of this podcast, actually. She's incredible. She's so relatable. She's charming. And I knew that she would be. But you know, when you follow someone on Instagram and you wonder, are they really going to be like that? She is. And she is such an advocate for the joys and the challenges of motherhood. I found myself really inspired by her commentary of everyday life, the simple joys, when speaking about her highest moment. She made me well up by such a beautiful and simple thought, which I'm going to hold with me. She's a woman who loves, loves, loves her family, creating that whole family and that strength and courage and wisdom and realness that she brings was just so refreshing. It really restored my sense of being very proud to be part of a unit. And I think you're all going to absolutely enjoy this. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown Hi, I'm Holly Tucker and welcome to my podcast Conversations of Inspiration I founded my first business, Not on the High Street, at 28 with a newborn strapped to my chest Nearly 20 years on, he's all grown up and I'm running my second business, Holly & Co., I've learned so much about taking risks, running a business and some extraordinary life lessons along the way. And I know others have too. Yet despite the wealth of experience we have between us, lessons like this are often left unheard and it can feel like we're travelling our paths alone. So I've reached out to founders and those who simply inspire me to share their hard-earned wisdom with you. My hope is that collectively, these remarkable realisations will help you on your own journey. I like to think of it as inspiration for life. If you enjoy this episode, might I ask you to share it with a friend and to like, subscribe and review it so that together we can ignite people's passion across the UK. Now, let's begin this week's Conversation of Inspiration. Jules, I'm so happy that our diaries have managed to collide. We did well. We've got this moment. You're back from the school run. Yes, just <laughs> literally got in the door. What do you feel about the school run? Oh, I don't know if I can, if I can yeah. say on, on Yeah, you can. It's a swearing no. podcast. Actually, oh, is it? But my mum won't let me, so okay. although I love to swear. No, um, it's 25 minutes long. Yep. So I do it three times a day, so that's quite a few hours in the car. Yeah. So podcasts are my life, so this is, you know... Actually, I don't mind the school run. If the kids are in a good mood, it's great. If they're not, it's hell on earth. Hell on earth. No other word for it. And we're going to talk about how many children you have, but yeah. that is a lot of school runs. It's a lot it? of school runs, yeah, for good long years. Have you worked out your last school run? No, I, oh, I couldn't bear it. I think I'd be so sad. So, well, River's just turned seven. So okay. whatever that is, it's, you know, yeah, got you've got about quite, 10 years left. You've got 10 years more. <laughs> of the I'm going to be like 60. <laughs> I remember my son, we'll talk about stages of children. My son's just left for uni. My husband was sort of the main, um, you know, did the school runs. And um, I always remember him coming back from the last school run. Oh, my goodness. It was emotional. It was 
just so, you know, I remember my school runs as well with my mum. Mm. You know, it was the music that we would listen to, yep. to the debates that we would have, to the stages. Like, it's quite poignant, isn't it, the school run? It's amazing in that little box. Yeah. You can get all that information or not in it or no information or kind of like it's just, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's actually probably quite wonderful, really, the school run. If yeah. You, you know, if you can do it, it's amazing. And if we can rewire everyone, that is also, because when it's hell yeah. on earth, it is the box oh, becomes. <laughs> yeah, it's more hell than nice. But when there are nice bits, you you do remember them, and you feel very privileged that you're the parent that gets to do them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you are Jules Oliver. You are the foremost, a, a devoted mum to five beautiful children. Your wife and partner of Jamie, and an author and the designer of fabulous retro rainbow clothing brand Little Bird. And I can't wait to talk to you. But I also recently saw on your Instagram that you um, celebrated your forty ninth birthday. Yes. Are you someone that embraces aging and getting older and everything that comes with it? What's your relationship with age? Um, I mean, it's definitely changed a little bit. I was very confident until I kind of got to about 45 and then visually you start seeing things and you feel a bit, but I am very, I always, I feel extremely thankful for every year that I do have. So I just think, oh my God, I made 49. I'm still alive. I just feel like I'm very, I feel very grateful for that always so um and I I like I don't mind aging I mean I'd rather sometimes I think oh I really want a tighter bit there and a tighter bit there but I haven't done anything about it I haven't hit Botox yet I just feel like that wouldn't be the real me but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say no either just in case who knows I mean my bags are horrendous but uh, you know that's just me I've had bags since I was about three years old so (laughs) There's that saying, isn't there? Birthdays are a privilege denied to many. Yes, completely. It is an absolute, you know, it's the truth. And we're going to talk about your lovely dad and, you know, age and all of these sorts of things. And I think there is such a, I don't know, it depends what side of the bed you get out on, isn't it? How you feel about it all. But it is there. I do feel there is a real, you know, as I age, I'm 46 and there is just a pressure a complete sort of unsaid pressure, isn't there? But mm. you're on your phone. Anything you absorb, you feel it. You feel it. <laughs> yeah. Do you think yeah. our mothers felt like that? Um, I mean, I'm sure they did. I mean, obviously, we have thanks to social media. There's yeah, but we we have a constant mirror in front of ourselves. In yeah. in a sense that we're watching things. Everyone seems to not age. Yeah. Just like, you know, you look at anyone yeah. and they're just like, I mean, uh, the, you're the same as you were when you were 23. I'm, I'm yeah. wondering on that sense, I, I don't know if our mothers had that. I mean, I have a very young mum. She's 80. She's, I'd be proud she's 82, but she is incredible. She does body pump at the gym three times a week and she was a model. She still looks like a model. She's absolutely beautiful. Mm. So I've always had a very young outlook on everything. I still feel, tw- when I talk to my children, I say we must, I, I, my older children, I act like I'm their mates. I think, oh, hang on a minute. I say, so what are we going to do? And I look and I think, actually, what do, I've got, I'm not going there. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm staying at home. What are they going to do on Year's Eve? But I just, I think it's young. Oh God, just have a young attitude and the rest yeah. will follow. I just think I've got to go with that. Absolutely. For, I want to go back to actually um, young, young you. Yeah. Uh, you grew up in Essex, yeah. um, your mum Felicity and yes. your dad Maurice yes. and your two sisters. Yep. You were the youngest and I read that you said that some of the happiest memories you have is when you rode around on your bike summer's yeah. evening, playing yeah. on the cricket pitch behind your home. It sounds idyllic, was it? Yeah, I mean it really was considering my dad was unwell and my mum was a full-time carer. 
she didn't make it feel like it wasn't idyllic. So it was, yeah, it was just, it was, it was, mind you, it was like the, the 80s, the 90s. It was idyllic then. It, it kind of really was. It was all, mm. you know, summer evenings, dragonflies, cricket pitches, coming home when I could hear her call from the, you know, miles away, I'd hear, then we just go, right, let's get our bikes. And we always say to the children, you have no idea. You've missed out on the most amazing childhood that we had that you will never have. Even though we try to emulate it, it's virtually impossible. Tell me about that. What do you think are the main differences? Just, every, I mean, everything. It's just everything. Even like going to Blockbuster and picking a video on a Friday oh night. Gosh. The fact that everything is accessible is obviously lovely, but also there's no, there's no gain or reward. So they don't feel anything like we felt. I don't feel they feel the same way we felt about things. Mm. Everything is there. And it's not even to do with money. It's just everything is quick and easy. Mm. So there's no gain or like, oh, yeah which is what we used to think, you know. Well, what about when your parents let you have two VHSs? Oh, oh my Not God. one? No, no. I know we discussed this exactly. It's a horror film and a family thing. <laughs> Friday night yes. and Saturday night. And then we've yes. got to go and take them back. Yes. <laughs> take them back. And the joy of reading the back of the video. Oh, oh, By the way, oh. I could spend an hour in that yeah an hour going through you maybe get five or six didn't you and then you had to pick yeah and you'd also go down with my sister or you'd or I'd, I'd find a book I'd read I'm oh my god the the outsiders on video then we'd fight because she wouldn't want to watch the outsiders but then we'd have so then we'd say mum please can we get two or something <laughs> it is and you're oh, right crocodile treasured. dundee crocodile. Every, it just, oh my gosh. it's not fair it's so treasured isn't it mm. and now it's just a click a click, click, click. Yeah. You actually can just speed through the video, oh, the, the movie, yes. can't you? You don't yeah. even watch it. No. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you're so right in saying that. And I don't think you share. I just, because I was bored in my room, I'd have to come out of my room. All I had was like a, a, you know, record player and a tape deck. So after about a couple of hours, I'd be bored. But, you know, teenagers aren't bored because they've got everything they need in their mm -hmm. room. So they never, we don't share, you have to beg them to come down. I know teenagers generally stay in their room, but that is worse even now mm. no mm. one really wants to be together that's all those things have gone mm. I don't know how we can get them back unless I'm I mean yes I could ban all phones but uh, I don't know I don't know but that goes quite hard either either way doesn't it and also yeah. actually when you speak about children it's probably the same for adults you know yeah. we, we don't have to leave our homes no you know everything is here now that's why potentially communities are suffering and mm. um independent high streets and you, you, we just don't have to leave no. anywhere no so it was an idyllic sort of environment that you had but you you mentioned that your dad was ill he had a stroke and became yeah. very ill and your mum sort of dramatically almost overnight had to become his full-time carer yeah how did that impact your family and and your sisters and yourself um, I think it was each one had their own because we were at different stages. My sister's six years older than me. So she was going into, so I was nine. Yep. So she was kind of going to the teenage years. So I think it was different for her, different for my middle sister, just being a middle sister anyway. And then different for me because I spent a lot longer time at home with both my parents kind of going through it. And it was, you know, it wasn't terrible, but there were times where we were absolutely terrible. But my mum was really good at kind of just going, right, come on. She's very strong and very like, right, let's get on with it. Get to school, get on with it. And so then we all just got on with it. And she made every occasion just as happy as it was before. Mm. But, you know, we're not stupid and I'm quite sensitive and I could see the underlying sadness. But we still did the whole thing. We still played the game and, it, and it, you know, we look back at it and it was lovely. And probably very cherished memories. Yeah. 
Tell me about school. Did you enjoy it? Was was there a favourite um, subject? What was um, Jules like at school? Oh, no, I hated school. I would cry. I just wanted to be with my mum all the time, wanted to be at home. Used to suck my thumb, have to sit on teachers' lap. It was really annoying. <laughs> so I just wasn't a school child. Sensitive. Really sensitive. Really just was very worried about, very anxious, worried, nervous, the whole works. So I only really enjoyed school when I did my A-levels and I went to an all-boys school, obviously. <laughs> They were perks of that. And, uh, and I had the time of my life, probably the happiest time of my life, you know, as a, as a youngster. So, um, yeah, school was fine. I wasn't very academic. I was a little bit creative, but not majorly. I was very good at sport. So school for me was all about sport. And that was it, really. And now you have five children. I mean, the, we speak a lot on this podcast about this sort of cookie cutter curriculum, mm. tough for kids if you aren't gifted, let's say, academically, what have you seen in your own children and how, do, how have you felt that the curriculum has served them? Well, I think it's not served them at all well. I don't, I don't think school, school has to be changed. I think it's terribly outdated. My first daughter is quite academic and she went to university and studied English and that worked really well for her. But my second daughter, unfortunately, has ADHD, so she struggled much now it was recognised it's a great time to be alive for that sort of thing yes so she struggled a bit my third daughter is is struggling and she's not really academic and I just feel like why can't they drop the subjects they do and just do more there's so many subjects to learn in life that don't just involve science maths English there's so Mm. oh it's so exciting there's such an exciting world why are we not putting it into our kids at school and giving them that massive enthusiasm for life. We talk a lot about emotional intelligence in here, mm. and we talk about studying of people and relationships yeah. and the environment and oh, where do we so all much. come from and how does this, how does it, it's, there is so much. It, and it surprises me because you've had five children, mm. you've gone through it five, or you're going through it yeah. you know, five times. Yeah. Do you ever get sort of ranty about it? Oh, yeah. I thought it's just my old age, but you're right, I do. <laughs> yeah, especially as I see things, I think, oh, I could really help my daughter or my son. I could really, if I was in that school, do you know what I would do? You know how you start thinking, oh, if I was a head yeah. teacher of a... Yeah. There's, and I hear, they tell me so much, specifically on the car journeys there and back, and you think, you get so enraged and then you calm down again. And I'm constantly emailing the school. I'm not, I don't think I'm irritating, but if I just see one little thing, I think, no, actually, we could just about, we just need to change that one little thing. Mm. Just about how the, the whole way, the ethos, the way it works, the mm. way... Just the way things are, the way children are able to talk and the communication and and they go to a lovely school, a wonderful school. So I can't even really complain, but just I suppose I just think the whole way school is could really do the whole it just needs to start all over again. Gosh, who's gonna do that for us? Oh, I'd love I'd love Jamie to do it. Yeah. I mean, but it, it needs someone like Jamie to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it needs that. I always need passion and you creation need passion and, and entrepreneurship and yeah, just the and love and yes. just and kindness and I don't know what you need just need a whole school full of all that without sounding hippie or wet I just think that's where it all starts Mm. maybe Jamie could get people together and I don't know I I always come off these podcasts thinking the guests on this podcast could actually change the world (laughs) I don't know about that no but no but yet we don't you know it's left to the the craziness that goes on in parliament you know I just I it's almost like having an out-of-body experience yeah Okay, we're going to go back to you. You went off to Westminster College as a teenager. Is that what you're... Oh, no, t- that's Jamie. Oh, that was... Ja- I thought you went there as well. I went to... Um, I didn't go to university. I went straight from A-levels to work. 
Jamie studied at Westminster. Right, okay. Cooking. But is that where you, the stage you met? Oh, no, we met. I went to... At 17, is that right? Yes, I went to do A-levels at the boys' school. He left the boys' school, went to Westminster, and that's... Ah. He only came back to see his mates. Yeah, Ah, exactly. okay, that's where I got mixed. Was it love at first sight? Uh... I don't know, really. I just I just heard Jamie'd arrived and then everyone went crazy. I thought, oh, my God, like, celebrity? So me and my girlfriend's like, should we go and see who this guy is? It wasn't really, because everyone was surrounding him. I thought, oh, oh, it's just Jamie. It's just a guy. I just didn't think much. But but he was quite popular, which was quite exciting. He wasn't yet on TV, though. No, he was just, people just liked him. He's always been really likeable and really fun. So when they said, Jamie's back, where everyone used to go and smoke, it was called the maybe the croak or the croak or some bridge. They all went running there and I thought, oh my God. So we all joined and I, he wasn't smoking, but they were all there and that's where they all hang out. And he was, must have been a very popular pupil, as far as I know. Oh my gosh. You'll love me saying that. <laughs> that's sickening. I mean, yeah, it was really annoying. I mean, really annoying. Everyone was running to see him and he wasn't I even yet famous. No, exactly. <laughs> Tell me about this time. You modelled full time at this point. So you did your A-levels. Did my A-levels. You wanted to be a model, left. didn't you? Almost yeah. since you were nine or ten, I, I read. I think, well, I went when I was 13, 14, I was spotted by... Um, a photographer that had spotted Kate Moss. So I thought, oh my goodness me. Wow. So we had a test shoot and she said, you must come back. In those days, my mum wanted me to go to school. So she said, you can't do anything during the holidays. So I didn't. And I waited till I was 18 and then I went back to the agency and they took me on. Do you wanted to be a model for a very, very long time? Yeah. But then actually, you, you obviously you met Jamie. You know, this was an amazing time. What was the modelling industry like? Was it what you thought it was? No, it wasn't for me. So I should have known. I just wanted to do it because like, I think my mum did it and I thought, oh, it's a lovely thing to do. Um, and then as soon as I did it, I just thought it was a, probably the hardest thing I did. I hated the travel. I hated being away from home. I didn't like the people. It was scary. They were hardcore. And I just wasn't, again, too sensitive for the job. So I kind of, I did as much as I could. And then I was very excited to kind of step away. And at this point you were together with Jamie. Yeah. When did you finish? In your early 20s? Was it around that time? Yeah, it was sort of like uh, we met with 17. Yeah, I was about 20. I carried on modelling until quite late, but then I started waitressing and enjoying sort of doing that more. And then I started working, the, I started being a, a researcher and I, so I just left modelling after that. So I do the odd thing and then I just left my agency when I was about 28. Probably about the right time anyway, probably. And you'd lost your father at that time and I'm yeah. very sorry that you have lost your father. Tell me about managing grief. What was that experience like for you? I mean, I think we lived it for, with it for so long. He was ill for so long. I mean, watched my mum struggle for so long. So, no, I mean, it wasn't a relief, obviously, but it was a long yeah. road and it was exhausting to be in and to watch and totally emotionally draining. So, I mean, I always say I had two dads. I had the dad before the stroke mm. and the dad after, who I loved equally the same, but I can't obviously, the one I had before... It's the one that we all try and remember because it, he was incredible. And the one after was incredible, but obviously he was unwell and he was disabled and it was difficult. But we were, we were very close, even though he was disabled and I, he couldn't do much for me. And I was the only one in the house because my sister went off quite early. They both left. Mm. So we were very close. I used to meet him after school. We used to go for coffee and tea. And, you know, I used to, even though he couldn't walk and he'd drag his leg, it was... Some would say it was embarrassing for me, but for some, I suppose the beauty of being young is I didn't notice that. So at the age of 10, I would take him for like a posh tea and everyone would be looking and thinking, what's this 10-year-old doing? But for me, it was just, I was very proud of my dad. He was doing very well. Mm. But then as I got to, he died when I was, I think, 23. 
So by then we were sort of living our independent lives. And I can see how mum was really, it was, it was bringing her down so much that it was quite frightening to watch as, as it is for carers. Mm. So, um, yeah, I suppose it's just a long period. Grief is just long, isn't it? It's just long, just goes on. Recently, a friend of mine lost her father mm. and her mother. And she says that grief is something that does heal with time in the sense of the intensity, yeah. but it can creep up on you. Oh, yeah. So unbelievable. sometimes you just sit there. It's either a song. Sometimes you have to be a song. You just be talking. You can say like, oh, God, when my... And you go, oh. and you start to cry. And you think, oh, my God, why am I crying? It's sitting right there. And then you kind of laugh. And then you think, what am I doing? And especially my eldest daughter, who's she's also like me, but she loves to ask questions like, mum, tell me about dad. I don't know why you don't speak enough. But I say sometimes, unfortunately, it's easy just not to speak about it. Because if you just leave it down there, leave it right pushed down, unhealthily pushed down, then you can just get on with it. So I guess therapy would be good. I don't want to do therapy because I'm scared of it, but I reckon if I did, oh dear, yeah. it, would, it would be a nightmare if the floodgates would open. You'd have to miles. dig down there. Yeah. yeah. It is, it is, it's scary, isn't it, as you get older, how easy it is to bury things oh, and yeah. how <laughs> it's just you do not have time to no, bring it up. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think it's that time. Well, that's flipping perimenopause thing and teenagers. And there's just, there's more important things to worry about, yes. which is terrible. But that's where the self-care comes in, I suppose, which is something you have to learn and do. I'm thrilled to be here once more with a brand new series of Conversations of Inspiration for 2024. As this is our first week back to normality, so to speak, I very much hope that you've had a moment to rest and recharge and had some time to yourself over the festive break. If you're a new listener, a big hello from me and a warm welcome. And if you've been part of this community for many years, welcome back. At Holly & Co, our word of the year this year is reset. And that's actually what I plan to do. And I want to help you do exactly the same. It's our mission to create a world where women feel seen and celebrated and have the courage to truly be themselves in the way that they work and they live and they shop. How can more of us do what we love and love what we do in 2024? What do we need to keep or to get rid of in order to do that? And how can we help you grow? It's something I ask myself all the time. Whether that's inspiring you with new ways to reorganise your life or decorate your home, be your best you, or giving you the confidence and steps you need to start your own business, you'll find it all at Holly & Co. For now, let's get back to our conversation of inspiration. It seemed when researching you, the next few years, this sort of bit sort of kicked off in your life because Jamie was now working at the famous River Cafe and yeah. it was picked up by TV producers and the na Naked Chef was born. You were living together. Now, in the, were you actually living in that apartment in East London? Yes, with the spiral East staircase. Yeah, with the spiral yes. staircase, yeah. yes. I mean, I can literally, I, and we're going to talk about this, but you were living together in this apartment in East London and I remember it so well. It's a little bit like blockbusters. I remember the stairs. Oh. I could actually, even though I haven't seen it in, I don't, well, forever, I could actually draw out the scenes from the programme because this was before everything. Yeah, it was almost like our first glimpse into an authentic life. And 
Uh, so I remember saying, you know, they live there. And I was like, no way. And I'm like, no, no, that's their table that they're sitting at. Yeah, it was. <laughs> How crazy is that, that that was one of the first ever, well, it wasn't a reality TV show, but you know what I mean? It had that sort of glimpse yeah. of real life. Yeah, it was It was a real groundbreaking show, which is, I suppose, why the success has lasted, because it just burst through and it hasn't really stopped. Thank God, touch wood. But um yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy living there. I absolutely was hated it. It was yeah, Tell me about it. Tell me about that because we all saw it and we just thought, oh my God, you guys are so cool. Oh. Um, now I think, my God, you had a TV programme coming oh, out. Oh no, of your... it was a nightmare. No, and I, I, I don't take, I don't say it slightly. I do suffer from proper OCD. It's really hard for me to have a house that isn't completely ordered. And I was like that from a child. So it was a nightmare because the crew don't care. There was no. spilth and this and that and footprints. And so it caused a bit of friction between Jamie and I. But we kind of knew that if we didn't do this, this was like something exciting was going to happen. So at 19, I should really just get on with it and stop worrying about the clean carpet. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to kind of stay a lot at my friend's house. We were working at the BBC then. So we'd do, we were working quite late on shows anyway. So we were both doing our own thing. So, yeah, it felt like a bit of a dream. If we walk past that house now, we go, I cannot believe we live there. You know, especially it was an amazing house for two young people to live in because obviously they paid our rent for us while that was the, the whole thing. I was wondering that. It's all a bit mad. Because I actually, I was just thinking about it before coming on with you and I was thinking, that was a seriously nice first pad. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was really central. I could get the bus to work and you just go, you know, you'd be right in the heart of London and it was amazing. So oh. I suppose that was, you know, that was the price we paid for it. But yeah, it was quite I mean, hard. Wow, and 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 then look where it's taken you. And you, yeah. life also changed. You got married to Jamie, is that right? In yes. in two thousand, two thousand. And then life's really, you know, a year later. Am I right in saying that you you were married, and then you had your first daughter, Poppy? Yeah. And I saw that you said getting married young was very good for me. I was so excited to have children, <laughs> and that's when I feel my life began. Yeah. Now tell me about this because I was this I'm really interested to talk to you about this because I feel guilt that I haven't been there for Harry, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I love that you said having children is when I feel like my life began. Hmm. Did it give you confidence? What was the thing that that gave you? Yeah, I think it did. Not until now. I mean I'm only a confident mum now. It's taken me 21 years to be able to speak to a teacher or get riled up and go, actually, I disagree. Or, you know, before I was just whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I th I just think I didn't know my place really. I knew I was really good at sport. I mean, I I, I keep saying that, but I was, I was quite good. I was county champion and blah, blah. So that's the only thing I was really good at. So me even being a researcher at the BBC, I was okay. Being a model, I was okay. I wasn't good at anything. So once mm -hmm. I left school, I was thinking, I just think I'm going to be a really good mum. Because I think mm, looking at my mum, how I was brought up, I thought... I'm going to do what my mum did and I'm going to be, I'm going to make it the best job ever. Wow. And uh, God, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. <laughs> it's yeah. really hard to make it the best job ever. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've enjoyed the 21 years trying to be the best mum I can be. And do you think that that is when you looked at your mum and you wanted to emulate your mum and, and do that? Yeah. Was that because you saw your mum had confidence? What was it that you saw in your mum that you thought? Oh, just love. So much love. Like so much, you know, everything was so special she wasn't around a lot because she had to do mm -hmm. look after plus she used to do three jobs cleaning and she was never really there so but that didn't matter she just had she just gave so much love and affection and warmth and I thought that's exactly the sort of mum I want to be 
So I think through her, <clears throat> sorry, me and my sisters have been exactly the same towards our children. Wow, what you mum? Know, I'm sure every mum is, obviously, but it's just that she was very... I, I just thought, you can do all that for my dad, yet, and you can obviously show us so much. But, and we don't even... We do our own ironing, we make our own packed lunch, we sometimes did our own dinner because you weren't there, but it didn't matter. I didn't think any less. I just thought you were incredible. Just like she was just like, oh, in my eyes, and still is, like, amazing. We don't place enough value on parenting and mothers in the society and you wrote a book mm. called the diary of an honest mum and it was adored because of your honesty and it's quite brave by the way to go out there and say you know you prioritize that that is what you prioritize you're unapologetic about it what was that book like diary of an honest mum why did you feel it needed to be born well I have got a terrible thing is I just can't, I mean, I'm lucky. I, should, I would not read it out on podcasts because otherwise I will say things and I think, oh God, I'm too honest. And I just think, because I can't stand when you, no, I don't mean like I'm honest, like I don't like what you're wearing, honest. I, I don't like yes. that honesty. I like just like, say it how it is. Just say, oh my God, girls, it's just awful. Or this is terrible. Or, I, feel, yes. I like that. So I wanted the book. It's hard because if I wasn't married to Jamie, I'd do my own podcast about being completely honest about everything. And I think it'd be really funny. <laughs> and I think it'd be really God. And I think we'd all just go, oh my God. <laughs> me but, too, but, me too. Yes, exactly. And I love it when you get a group of girls together and you just oh laugh about the funniest, gosh. filthiest, brilliant thing. Yes, <laughs> that you think is your dirtiest secret and you're so ashamed yeah. or something and you say it and everyone's like, uh-huh, oh I've my got one God. to better that. <laughs> yes, I've got no shame. Within minutes of a girl's night out or whatever we do, I'm like, right, let's get down to it. So, and right. then it all begins. But so that book is honest. It's like, I'd love to be more yes. kind of brutally honest. But um, it was kind of the first of it. Oh, well, it's meant to be the first of its kind, a bit sort of like telling it how it is in a polite fashion because my mum would have killed me. So there's certain things I can't do and say. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed writing that book, actually. And I did do it all myself. I didn't have, I had someone <clears throat> who helped me edit it, but I just wrote it all myself. And I wrote far too much. And they were like, you can't, that's cut all that crap out. And put, <laughs> that's not how you write books. But um, I really enjoyed the process. So, And what was the response like? What was your, um, did it warm your heart? Yeah, I think so. I still get some very sweet little comments on Instagram, like, by the way, I read your book and... Not often at all, obviously, but the other so it's still around and people still kind of read it. And a lot of my friends who have got children, you know, from like NCT times were like, I read your book and I think, well, really? I still can't believe that anyone would read my book, you know, <laughs> or have me on a podcast or whatever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what advice do you think? So you, this honesty that you have and this, this um, your amazing ability to sort of promote the mother, so to speak, in the household, what advice would you give to your daughters when they have their family? What what have you pulled from this experience? I mean, I just hope they, I hope they see, I just hope they've seen and they know kind of, yeah, I just hope they can see from everything I do that how, this is how I would, I would love them to do sort of my sort of mothering, but my God, it's up to them how they mother their children. I know, you know, a couple of my daughters said, I'm going to be so good, mum, I'm going to be, I'm going to do this better. And I'm thinking, God damn it, you're going to be better than me. How can this be? <laughs> but there's loads of things I do not do right, obviously. So they, and they're learning from me all the things I don't do right. And I hope that they're going to, you know, if they do choose to be mums, then it, it's going to be just the way their experience is going to be like their childhood because it's been hopefully really nice. They they have said we were stuck in a, a long journey from Cornwall for 11 hours <gasps> and about, oh and it was gosh. it was painful, but about five or six of those hours we were talking about memories and we had the best journey talking about 
how they said how happy they felt their childhood's been and how the other... And they were like, you don't understand, kids, you're so lucky. To the younger ones, you're so lucky you're going to have such an amazing life. Mum, Dad, there's this, that and the other. And me and Jamie were like, oh, my God. We were crying in the front going, really? Was it really that good? You know, so we were both very happy by that. What an amazing... Again, your car holds so much magic, Oh, it Jules. does. Yeah. I know. 11 hours, though, that is a painful that car was journey. Awful. Yeah, the seven-year-old wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> so you found your happy place, your family. You went on to obviously have five beautiful children. What were the early days like? So you're having children. Jamie's career is kicking off. You are more of the, I'm, I'm assuming, you are taking on the lion's share of parenting. Yeah. How did you navigate that? Was there ever any resentment? I only talk because, you know, me, me and my girlfriends and my colleagues, you know, the, the chat is all about who's working harder, yeah. who's going to do this, Always. the unfair share of labour, yeah. the invisible labour. Oh. That's a very, very big topic. Was there ever any resentment or is this something that you... You know, we all like to think that Jules and Jamie wrote down a lovely list and they agreed at the beginning and then happy <laughs> yeah. to happy times. What's the reality? Oh, yeah, completely the opposite. It was really hard. Poppy and Daisy, I felt, and he would agree that I kind of brought up myself because he just wasn't there. This was the time when he was flying high and big and he was everywhere. And uh, it wasn't that I wanted to be with him in Australia or America. I wasn't really interested in travelling. But I did just think like, hang on, it's not really very fair. I'm doing this all on my own, like you like you do. Mm. And of course, like you say, the invisible load, they're not going to see all the stuff you do behind the scenes, which was hard. So I feel like I'm obviously really close to the, all my children, but those two really close because we kind of, we did it together. Mm -hmm. And he would also agree. He was there when he definitely could be. Yeah. But now with the younger three, it's a whole different ball game because he can be, as he's got older, he's realised the importance and, you know, we both have. So it's different relationships have with the three little ones, as I say, to the two older ones. Yeah. So um, they get him far more and I do feel like it's shared far more. And now I'm doing my own thing as well. It's always nice to feel you can do your own thing and, you know, so it feels quite equal. But in the beginning... I don't know what the word is, but yeah, there probably was. It probably is a bit of resentfulness. Like I'm always at home with a baby, always, 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 you know. But then I thought, but that's what I wanted. And then you think, oh, then I feel guilty. And it's like... Yes, the cycle. Yeah, this is what I asked for. And now I am now I want to do something else. And it's, like, <laughs> it's very annoying. <laughs> and amongst those days of caring for your children, and I know you've been very honest about this, you had had devastating miscarriages mm. and... You suffered terrible heartache and nearly lost your life. And I'm, I'm so sorry, Jules, for well, going no, through you. all of that. Beautiful. It must have been so traumatic, not once, but five times. How did you manage to keep... Uh, how did you navigate that? Um, I don't know, really. I just... I speak anyone who's ever had a miscarriage would kind of... I don't know. You just sort of... I think you just do. And I think it's amazing that we talk about it now because before we didn't talk about it. So you just go, morning on the school mm -hmm. run and it'd be mm -hmm. literally happening I think maybe I haven't really maybe that's that's yep. down down there with that's dad the and maybe that needs to yeah that's the therapy time I must I must must call I must a therapist book in. I, must, I must book in I must do that after <laughs> Job I go food stay. shopping I'm going to quick, quick, kind of make sure I do that phone call yeah I say that all the time um so I don't think I probably have actually so um I can't really answer that I mean yeah. I, I think as I realized my journey was coming to an end with 
trying for a baby because there was always hope. I think hope just gets you through every miscarriage. Well, I hope next time it's going to work. Why would it, it's going to work? And, you know, so that got me through. And then I had COVID. I'm on medication. I can't try for a baby anymore. And I'm 49, so probably not. So I kind of think now that I'll start thinking, God, that's really unfair. Or God, that was awful. Or how mm. horrific that was. Mm. But at the time, I was just on a treadmill to keep going. And I'm like that anyway. I'm I guess I'm quite like my mom. I'm quite strong and I just get on with it. It's done. It's done. Just keep going. And I think that, you know, when we talk about Blockbuster and even though those were really treasure, I'm going to think about that the whole weekend, actually, that whole gorgeous <laughs> moment. But all, um, and also if they let you have popcorn, you know, at the back oh, of Blockbuster. Oh, my God, the butter kiss. Butter, yeah. yeah. Do you remember? We weren't that allowed was, that because that was quite sweet. 100%. But then sometimes, <laughs> but in a way that almost we miss those times but then we can talk about things. You talked about your mm. daughter having ADHD. Mm. You, you talk about miscarriage. We can talk about mental health. There is this, yeah. isn't there? There's this swap, completely. I suppose, yes, that, that is so healthy. And you think about your five children and what they're able to talk about now yeah. that we absolutely could not. Mm. You know, I think about, do you think about when you were younger? I was so naive. Mm. I didn't know anything. I know, I know. How do we even, then you think, how do we even cope? How do we get to where we were? We did quite well. We did there was quite no internet. Well. There was nothing. There was a library. And there was yeah, a photocopy library. There was smash hits there was where some... I would cut out the song lyrics and maybe pretend I was Madonna. <laughs> yes, do you know what I mean? Oh like, it was God, those sorts of things. Yeah. But yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying this, but, and we won't go into it, but Harry, when he was at, um, in sixth form, told me about their sex education I swear, I was, flat. I had to look stuff up. Yeah. I couldn't even believe what they were being told. Yeah. This is stuff that I probably learned, no joke, in my 30s. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, when you sometimes say things accidentally, rudely, and then your 13-year-old looks at you and you go, why? Do, do, like, do you recognise that? What, what do you know? What, what do, do you, you know? know? <laughs> do you know that? And then they'll both laugh. And I think, oh my God, they know. I've got to stop speaking. It's got to be code because they know more than I think. I know. Absolute, they know more. They know more. They know oh, more. It's crazy. Right. So you have this world and I see from your Instagram that your happiness is very much rooted, as we've spoken about, in your family. Yeah. And the simple sort of everyday moments with your children and with Jamie. And it's easy to see that you truly um, cherish this authenticity has that been a conscious decision to sort of share these aspects of your life, to be honest and to sort of, I don't know, married to Jamie, you could have turned out very differently. Yeah. You know what, I, has that been a conscious decision to sort of be real? I think so. I think in the beginning we could have gone mad. We could have gone to every yeah. thing going and done every magazine shoot going, but we both sort of decided at the beginning Oh, we're not going to do like the big magazines. We're not going to do like a spread anywhere for the wedding because that's just not us. So we kind of were on the same page and it's never really been, it's never really had to, it's always gone that way. Mm -hmm. I've always made sure. Yeah, I just, I think also I have anxiety. I have worries. So I'm not really wanting to go to red carpet. So that's quite handy. <laughs> so there's lots of things <laughs> I worry about. I'm not really an out person. I'm a home person, regardless of whatever. I like to be at home by the fire or kind of at home just with Jamie. It's just the way I am. And I've been like that since the year dot. So to get, to get me out, is uh, quite hard and also, but when I'm out, it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, kind of treasured moments. So I think Jamie sort of just 
I don't know what he'd have been like if he hadn't married me, if he'd married someone else and how, whether he'd been like yeah. full on party boy or whether it was, or. Well, I'm not being funny. The bridge, the smoking bridge. I know. That, that <laughs> might tell you. Something. Exactly. That happened before it all even happened. Yeah, exactly. He was definitely, he's definitely far more outgoing than I am. It's quite obvious, obviously, and confident and loves going out. But, but I think we both kind of grown up together. We you know we've been, we grew up together really yeah. from, you know, the age of 17. So it's been, a, it's, been a good match you know yeah. in terms of the the, the extraordinary life yeah. potentially that is where the marriage you know when we talk about our other halves you know if we don't have that other person to potentially help us navigate or bring us down or uh, normalize us or normalize us sorry I'm talking about myself here and my, my <laughs> husband here but do you know what I mean like that's yeah, the completely. thing you need the difference bring you back down you? again yeah, yeah bring you back down again just yeah. pull the balloon down yeah tell me how you've navigated then media scrutiny and trolling and bullying and all the shit that comes with with the fame and the yeah the exposure I mean there's so much there's so much rubbish but I'm always I've always been quite confident in myself I quite love myself. I haven't got, I, I read stuff about myself that's bad. It doesn't really bother me. I, sometimes I scroll down, I think, go on, what are you going to say about me? There's so many things you could say at this picture. And then I read it and think, oh yeah, I knew that already. I'm not right about that. So I don't worry about that. The only thing I worry about is my children. So sometimes when I put on Instagram, I think, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to be doing this, but I'm so proud of this picture. They look so cute or something so good. And then, but I do think, I wish I hadn't put them on social. I wish that I was a sort of mum that didn't do that because I don't think it's a, perhaps a good idea to have your kids everywhere mm-hmm. left, front and centre. But my third daughter does not want to be on there. So that's absolutely fine. Because there must have been times so that that's for you. And But when Jamie's been brought down, you know, has it, yeah. had there been oh, moments God. that's affected the family? Yeah. I mean, I can imagine it's a very odd situation. You know, the- it's really hard. I mean, I definitely, I've done the phone calls back in the, I mean, nowadays you can't really do that now because they just steal stuff off your Instagram anyway. There's not much paparazzi left really. It's kind of dying its way out. Mm-hmm. But um, I've definitely phoned up Daily Mail, The Mirror, had massive arguments with the editor. Oh, well, my high horse, don't you dare print something that isn't true because well, none of it was true. Mm. It's all rubbish. And I keep saying to the girls, you know, if there's something about, I do worry that if there's something there was something that Poppy and I did uh, as graduation. It was something from Instagram. And then the comments were so vile. And I just thought, God, that really makes me think. I said, Pops, I will take it down. She went, no, no, it doesn't matter, Mum. You know, she was upset, but she said, it doesn't matter because I said, because we're, we're all getting it. These people are ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Mm. So I don't have a problem with it. I'm sure Jamie's quite good. He brushes it off. But I do, I am fiercely protective of mm. all of them. So, mm. you know, me, I'd rather they say something bad about me because actually I don't think I really care. I just don't no. care. Yeah. It's fine. And also maybe like when we think about what we're giving our children or certainly the experience that you're giving your children, you know, this is going to be, unfortunately, their future. This is yeah. going to be blown out. of You and I have no idea what they're actually going no to deal idea. with, right? So actually giving them that thick skin yeah. um, potentially is going to be an amazing gift. Yeah for when they get older I really try that's all I ever do is like say to my son like don't get look if you don't win a match don't you dare come off that pitch and be a wimp like don't stop no not be a wimp as in yeah. be a man as yeah, in yeah. don't cry yeah. because you didn't win just get like move on get I've always just gone like to the kids just get on get up get on get you know it's just always mm. what I've done that's my mantras in the car I'm sure they just think shut up on the car school journey but I just think no don't let anyone get you down you mustn't let this get you down yeah you know so I think pick yourself up yeah 
I just think, come Move on. Move forward. Look at your granny. Look at your granny. Look how amazing she is. I have these amazing speeches in the car and I just think they just switch off. But something <laughs> is going in. the car and go, you can oh, tell. Mum was on one this morning. <laughs> oh, they do. They do. Or they've got headphones on. I'm like, oh my God, you're not even actually listening to me. <laughs> but it's that time they just to do the nodding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I wanted to talk about your business. So as a mum, there could be, of course, no better helm at the beautiful children's um, clothing company little bird so you originally launched this in 2012 selling in lovely mother care that's another memory that is another memory i know i know i when i had harry the walk around i i think i visited mother care a hundred percent once the weekend for like the whole of his first year Buying the same things. Same things. things. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need that. Maybe that dummy needs to have another yeah. strap of on course. another thing. I'm... It was the best experience. <laughs> you launched it, didn't you, with Mother Care? Yeah. And then recently you relaunched it with Next. Yeah. And it's this beautiful take on 70s and 80s kids' fashion oh, and full of wonderful rainbow designs and everything. Tell me what it's been like to relaunch it almost like a decade later. Yeah, it was kind of went quiet for a bit after Mother Care, unfortunately, you know, ended. And then we kind of resat and thought, right, what do we want to do? And do we want to kind of have, we all sort of had a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. And then um, my business partner, George, she kind of came back and said, no, look, come on, we got, we, we got something so good here. We're going to kind of, let's kind of blow it up again. And then it just was really exciting because we actually did it through lockdown. So while kind of, you know, there was not much to do. We were heavily in the computer, like doing all our designs. And, you know, for two years we were doing it all and then obviously relaunched it next. And it's just been, it's actually gone really well. Um, it's really exciting. It's just, it's just I, sometimes I can't believe I design clothes. I forget. Yeah. You forget, <laughs> you forget that. I forget I do it because it's kind of like, you know, everything else is so important. And then that little thing in the background that I do is, you know, ticks away really nicely. Each series, I welcome a Holly & Co partner to the podcast. And today, I'm delighted to kick this series off with Royal Mail. Royal Mail has partnered with Holly & Co for over three years and truly powers creative small businesses across the country. One of the ways they do this is through their brilliant click and drop service. And I can call it brilliant because we use it ourselves. For any founders out there who haven't tried it yet, there are so many benefits. It's efficient. And if you know me, I love anything that makes life more efficient. Buying your postage online saves time, which leads you free to focus on what matters. Plus, they'll even collect your parcels when using the Parcel Collect service, or you can choose from thousands of drop-off points. Start the new year as you mean to go on by trying Royal Mail's click and drop. Head to royalmail.com to find out more. Now, let's get back to this week's conversation of inspiration. I was talking to a wonderful lady yesterday about the second spring. You know, in Japan, they call it the second spring for women. So sort of post 40 and children start growing up. Yeah. And it's actually known as the second spring. And I thought that is so beautiful. Better way to put it. I sometimes don't feel springy. No. But do you think that that potentially is what 
is happening here? Do you think that this is something that's going to be important for you yeah. moving forward, maybe more than it was 10 years ago? I think so, yeah, because you sort of do it and then you've sort of got your babies and then, you know, I know I'm getting come to terms that the children are growing up and they obviously don't need me as much. So therefore you do, and I really love saying on the days I have a meeting, I can't, I've actually got a meeting, so Petal, I won't be there. And I in my think, oh, I love saying it because she's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I've said, I've got a meeting, I'll be in London. Like I get so excited. <laughs> so um, I think clearly I enjoy it and I and I love I love my business partner George we have such fun and I think the whole thing is it's really good for me and Jamie says it's really good for you it's really it's really good for you to do stuff I know that we always say that to women as, as mm. kind of as they come out of that stage and it does feel nice that I've got something else going on and it's not so demanding that I can't think about other things mm-hmm. creatively it's amazing and it's just you know I love doing the photo shoots and it just feels really exciting it feel, makes you feel young again yeah. yeah well I think that's why they call it the second spring there you go you should you need yeah. to Tell the kids in the car journey today when you pick them up. Guess what, kids? (laughs) Mum's on a... Oh my God, the headphones will go on. Shut (laughs) up. She's on one. (laughs) You mentioned there when the kids grow up and you're coming to terms with it. I mentioned that Harry went to uni this year. I only have one child. It was super painful. I think I'm still going through it, if I'm Mm. honest with you. It's only eight weeks ago. Is he far away or is he quite... I'm really lucky. He was going to go to Dublin and now he's in London. So actually, I'm super, super lucky. But it has been a massive adjustment. And mm. I was we were, I was talking to my husband about the fact that it definitely lifts a lid on your relationship. Mm. You realise how parenting is this sort of, I'm not saying a gigantic plaster in the bad way that we've unravelled things or no, things I are unravelling. I but think it, you're right. It is. It, it holds you, it all together. It holds for a it all bit. together yeah. because you can't actually physically do anything else. You no. know, you, you've got to do everything, be there, blah, 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 blah. Think about yeah. the bloody bake sale to the yeah. nativity play to the picking up to the whatever it is and just their mental health, all the stuff. And then suddenly the house is quiet mm. and it's quite an enormous shift. Mm. And it's it's now the rest of our lives. You know, it's this. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Ooh, yeah. It's the second part. How, how have you <laughs> felt? Because I know I think one of your children has gone to uni and has another one gone travelling? Yeah, so Pops has gone to uni and now she's gone travelling because okay. she's done, she's 20, yeah, she's 21. And then the other one, the second one's at second year at university. So each, yeah, the first, it was really hard, like you said, which is the, whole th- the whole thing was just how you imagine, how you, you walk past the room once they've gone and you kind of cry and then you, I cried all the way on the home of the train and then, and then as like grief, it gets easier. And mm-hmm. then suddenly they come home and you think, oh my God, so do you need to come home this weekend or can you, because you've got washing and I can't, you know, dad and I are doing stuff and you think, what am I saying? <laughs> you must come home. So uh, I think it's because I got quite a lot of them that I feel that way. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it does, it, well, the two of them gone, it's because I've got the other three, it's hard to sort of mm-hmm. answer that question. Yeah. But I definitely feel lost without my two best friends because they clearly are my best friends in the world. And I think, oh God, but they do phone me all the time. So I don't know. Yeah. But I miss their company. And travelling. I want to say, you know, Harry, don't listen to this, but don't worry, he doesn't listen to my podcast. So that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, he, he says, I hear enough of you to not have to hear of course, your bloody yeah. voice. But what was, take um, when they went travelling, what's that like? Well, she only left in October. And uh, is that worse than uni though? Oh, I think university was worse. As in being scared about them. I try not to be. I try not to, because my sister last, yesterday was like, going, oh my God, you're not scared about death. And I went, I haven't thought about like bus crashes. <laughs> Did you say there's going to be a bus? <laughs> what do you mean? And I just thought, oh my God. But um, I do. But then 
thankfully that we live in the world that she is literally on the phone all the time we FaceTime. So it feels like she's yes. not that far away. Had we not, I don't know how when my sister went travelling at 17, how my mum thinks she sent us those blue air mail with the red. Yes, the red, I've yes. kept all of them. And I think, how the hell do we wait for weeks to hear that you were still alive? This is awful. Yeah, you're right. But now I do worry because she texted 2.30 this morning and said, there's a cyclone coming. And I went, Ugh! I was on the phone. I went, what? Don't you? I said, don't you dare. Do you mean there's a cyclone? You're in one? And she's like, no, no, no apparently it's coming. In the next couple. I said, can you not phone me at two in the morning? So there's a cyclone coming. Because like, I, and then, then she <laughs> oh, sent me a picture of her in her dress day and saying, mum, what do you think of this dress? And I'm like, hang on. So this, have you passed is it, a cyclone? Is, it, is, or? That, is, that, is that what you're wearing Did for Did that go it? above? Yes, exactly. <laughs> is that the outfit? I love it. <laughs> Who would have thought that's what you oh. wear for a cyclone? <laughs> <laughs> she looked amazing. But um, I just thought, oh God. Yeah. So you just, I don't know. Just yeah. every day you just you You're just right. Keep going. You know, I, I said that whole traveling thing, imagining we were still in the blockbuster era. Yeah. You're no. right. They can just contact you. So yeah. it's, it's it's okay. It's okay. okay. Yeah. What's, I'm surviving. What's the next chapter for you, do you think? What's have do you what how do you work life? Do you think about chapters of time? Do you um do you and Jamie plan? Do you think about okay, this era or we're going to concentrate on your career or we're going to now... I don't think so, because he's so busy. I don't think I could pin him down and say, what do you think about, what should I do? So I just say to him, which is, you know, probably a trait of ADHD, which we seem to be having. And I just kind of go, right, I'm going to be a midwife. And then he went, okay. And then he supports me. And then I get halfway through the course and I think, actually, I, I don't know if I can... I think I might have to go to college. And he's like, for God's sake. <laughs> then I want to do a politics degree. And then, but also I want to do the clothing range. What I'd like to do is open up. And he's like, oh my God. So literally, I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to do everything. So he just has to go along with it. So I can't look at chapters. I just think I might, I might be a midwife next week. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll watch this I might space. get pregnant. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, my so. goodness. This has just been such a lovely morning. I want to ask you, Jules. So on this podcast, I talk about the life and our stages and our careers and our journeys being like a roller coaster. And I ask everybody... If you were on that carriage and it was at its lowest point, what would that stage of your life be? Oh, which part? Oh, Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. There's been quite a few. I suppose the miscarriage would have been, is that the question? Is that what you mean? As in what part? Yeah, was the, yeah. Yes, I should think when I was losing the baby on Marylebone High Street, I think I can, I think the, the memory is so, I could literally be sick every time I think about it. So I think that whole day is probably the, my lowest point of mm. thinking this is life is you know this is just the worst time I've ever experienced in my whole entire life god that sounds absolutely horrific really horrific and I just because I have that feeling of PTSD and I don't have that with anything else mm -hmm. that must be the thing that, that must be has the been thing. the most yeah um I think it's that and when the wind's in your hair and you're at the top of the roller coaster Oh, God, anything with a child in it, I think. <laughs> anything that was like any birth or any, you know, any laughter, anything, everything. Anything to the children and Jamie has been the high point. So it's all where it's been good, probably even like a nativity play, anything. I love anything that they do. Aww. It's all great. Just makes you feel very happy to be alive. Unfortunately, at this point, we had some technical issues and got cut short. And with Christmas and so many kids and the new year, we were not able to jump back on to record her letter to her younger self. So the wonderful Jules kindly voice noted me her beautiful letter to her 15-year-old younger self. So now I hand over to Jules. A letter to my 15-year-old-ish self. 
where to start? Firstly, stop being so scared. You waste a lot of time worrying about everything in the long run that none of those things happened. Let's begin with, I wish I could tell you that dad dying undoubtedly caused trauma and pain that words can hardly express. However, amidst the grief and heartache, this event will lead you to becoming a stronger and more resilient person. I want you to know that growth is an ongoing process and it's okay to acknowledge the pain that lingers even 20 years later. The journey of self-discovery following dad's passing will shape you into a more compassionate, purpose-driven and resilient individual who has empathy on a direct level. I wish I could tell you that when I thought my kids, some more than others, would be off the rails in a nightmare for the rest of their lives, they won't. They will become your greatest allies, <clears throat> pillars of support, and most importantly, your best friends. I wish I could tell you marrying your childhood sweetheart will take you on the most incredible, wonderful, magical journey of your life. I wish I could tell you that you're really funny and your sense of humor will 100% carry you through your absolute best and worst times and the deepest laughter you will share will be with your family. I wish I could tell you that you are way stronger than you ever imagined, but it's okay not to be okay. Letting your guard down is essential. You don't have to be strong all the time. I wish I could tell you you have to believe in yourself. You are capable of a lot more than you could ever imagine. I wish I could tell you you're just bloody fantastic as you are. And please remember to get a therapist early on. Isn't it just so incredible to hear from someone who speaks so authentically about family life and all that brings with it? I feel so inspired by my conversation with Jules. Thank you, dear Jules. How you talk about your family and your strength in some of the challenging times really has not only connected with me, but I'm just sure thousands of women I'm just wishing you all the best and I'm sure that there will be lots of amazing things coming your way. You deserve it. Thank you for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this episode, can I ask that you share it with a friend and like, subscribe and review it too so that together we can inspire even more people to follow their dreams, to build a life they love. Mm-hmm.